Hi guys, welcome to Farmer Fridays, where I can talk to our agriculturists, ag businesses, and ag organizations across the state of West Virginia. My name is Elizabeth Lynch, your Miss Jefferson County 2022. Today, I have the pleasure of speaking with a Jefferson County Commissioner, Lee Stolliker. How are you today? Very good. Great to be here. Thank you so much for agreeing to interview with me today. It really does mean a lot. Uh, so go ahead and tell me a little bit about yourself and your agricultural background. Well, thank you, Elizabeth. It's great, like again, it's great to be here. Um, I grew up in Jefferson County, uh, born and raised on a farm on the southern part of, uh, of the county in the, what I call, what I refer, refer to as the Ripon District, Ripon area. Um, my family, uh, we have been in, involved in agriculture for almost 300 years in the county. Uh, it's several generations that have been involved in, in various types of farming. Uh, primarily, uh, my family, we've always farmed wheat, soybeans, corn, and we raise cattle. Wow, that's amazing. So you've been doing this for a very long time, it seems like. What is the most challenging thing, do you think, about working in agriculture? One of the most challenging things about working in agriculture is not knowing what you're, you can sell your product for because it's a, it's a commodity. Um, we, right now, as throughout the county, well, throughout the, the country for that matter, farmers are going out and spending millions of dollars to plant their crops, put fertilizer out, and in hopes that when they harvest their crop in November, October, November, that the, the prices uh, will yield them a profit. And that is probably one of the most challenging things that the farmers deal with. And, and consequently, sometimes it doesn't work out for them. And as you see, and you'll, you'll hear uh, certain farmers that just, they just can't make it any further or any longer, I should say, because of this volatile market and with our commodities. On the flip side of things, right now, what's going on in Ukraine has actually helped our market a little bit because Ukraine is considered the breadbasket of wheat. So with, with the crisis that is, is happening over um, on the other side of the world here um, is, is certainly helping our commodities. I don't, um, I don't know how to say this, but I, I don't wish that on anybody and what they're going through, uh, unfortunately. But, uh, and it's, but however, if we get this all under control by the time they... If they can get this under control by the time harvest, then uh, our commodities will go back the other way. Right. Yeah, I was talking to uh, Katie Ordove from Oris Farm Market, and one of the things that she said was the most challenging thing was that sometimes it can be a bit of a gamble, you know, and that's exactly what you just expressed there, too. It uh, is. So on the flip side of all of that, what do you think is the best thing about working in agriculture? The best thing about working in agriculture is the fact that you get to work with uh, Mother Nature. You get to work outside. Um, now, that doesn't sound that, that refreshing uh, when it's 10 degrees or, or 95 degrees. However, uh, it, it, it all has its uh, pluses and minuses. Um, one of the probably the, the greatest things about working in agriculture, what we have done over the years, is, is when you give, uh, when you have to assist a heifer or a mare to, have to get when they're giving birth, it's, it's one of the most rewarding experiences you can have working on a farm um, and watching life. And, and, and then when, once these foes and these heifers and steers are, or bull calves that get up and literally are walking within an, within an hour after being born and, and, and you know that you took part in 
the start of, of, of raising that animal is really great. No, I, I completely agree. You know, when you're there, that's such an amazing feeling to know that you're helping to bring life into the world. So yeah. you are the Jefferson County Commissioner. Congratulations, by the way. Thank you. How have you used that title to help support agriculture in Jefferson County? How, how I use that title to help support agriculture in Jefferson County, I am a pro-land rights commissioner. I support the land rights of well, not only farmers, but anybody. If, if you own and you pay taxes on your property, then you should have the right to do on your property as you wish. So to, to lead into that a little bit, um, as you know, farming is very tough. We've, we've had a few farmers that obviously throughout the years couldn't uh, ride the waves. Um, and now we're finding, farmers are finding ways to uh, sustain and have a more steady income. Um, it, it might be something more non-traditional, but it's working so they can have, so they can continue to have and keep their family farm that's been given to them after generation after generation. One um, um, thing that they're doing is, uh, I know one farmer, uh, he is, uh, get, he's, he's getting involved in what we call tiny houses. And he's putting tiny houses on a part of his farm along the creek and leasing them out. The little houses, they're on uh, like a frame. Um, people, that's very popular right now. And, and that is gonna give him an income, a steady income. Whereas, uh, you know, having to deal with these volatile markets and the commodities. Another avenue, that I see that a lot of farmers are doing right now is they're leasing their farms out for solar. Now they're going from more of a traditional type of farming and they're going to farm the sun. Um, and that's, uh, that's also causing a little bit of controversy of its own because some people, some neighboring um, neighbors, they don't want to see uh, a solar uh, panel on that farm. They only want to see corn, soybeans, cattle, and whatever, whatever else they're going to grow. However, it's my mindset that they're paying taxes on the property. They have a right to do it. It's certainly at solar or tiny houses. They're, they're not, it's not going to harm their neighbors. It's not going, it's, it's not going to contaminate anything. It's like going to contaminate the water, the soils. So that's how I try to help support the farmers and if they come up with an idea that's going to be more sustainable than the, the volatile uh, commodities, that's how I'll, I like to support the farmers and having, having, giving them the land rights that they deserve. Right. Um, I also noticed that you support the farmland preservation efforts in Jefferson County. So for our viewers at home who may not know about the farmland protection program, could you tell me a little bit about that? The farmland protection program basically, um, is a pro, we have our own board, uh, the Farmland Protection Board. The farmers who want to put their, their property in farmland protection will fill out an application and they'll go before the board. We usually have um, several every year and then the Farmland Protection Board will choose which properties they want to uh, protect and that's, that's perpetuity, that's forever. Um, to, so typically how would it work farmer would fill out an application, go before the board. They, they, they determine how much um, or which properties they're going to choose because there's more, there's more ask for protection than we have money for. Uh, the money comes from uh, tax stamps. 
Uh, right now, the good thing about it, because we are going through a boom in Jefferson County, we are able to fund more farmland protection um, uh, requests than we have in, than we have back in say 2011, 2012 time period. And what happens the once they choose that particular farm or property, they they will uh, they will have a easement on it on the property, and they can no longer they can never build um, other than an agriculture type of a unit, or so that would fall under barns, um, green tanks, silos. They're, they're, they just cannot build any type of say subdivision or, or any type of structures like that. Um, and then the farmland protection program pays that farmer uh, a couple of, last I heard it was around $4,200 an acre average. And then they can, the farmer can certainly take that money and invest it either back into equipment, you get back into livestock, or they can put it in the stock market for that matter. Right. So what efforts have been made in Jefferson County when it comes to the farmland protection program? You know, have there been more farms recently that have been put into the program or you know, what have you seen during your time? We, um, we, have, we have a couple hundred acres every year that goes into the program. One, most recently, this is before I, uh, there was a property right along old Route 9 that, that was put into the program. It was uh, Mr. Buckle's property. This property was, was adjacent to the towns and probably the next logical place to develop. And they decided to put that into farmland protection and protect it forever. That's really exciting too, especially when it comes to, you know, all the farms right now that are being sold off for subdivisions and, you know, getting grocery stores put, being put on them. So all of these lands that you're talking about are gonna be used specifically for agriculture for the rest of the time. And that's really exciting to hear. Absolutely. Now, kind of switching gears a little bit. How has COVID affected the agricultural industry in Jefferson County that you know of? Well, during COVID, obviously, uh, there, there has been very little activity taking place at the farmers markets. As far as as far as our our farm, we obviously raise beef cattle, and the supply chain has has gotten very uh, thin. And trying to raise your steers and 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 send them to the butcher was very challenging in the fact that everybody else was doing the same thing and it took six months you were on, you were on a waiting list for six months wow. to get into the butcher um it made it very difficult uh obviously when a steer is ready and they're finished really putting six more months of feed into them is not going to be very profitable right um and that was with every butcher that within our, I don't know, 100 miles from, from Charlestown. So it was certainly something that was, that was taking place across the country where um, people were buying hogs and, and buying steers or heifers and they were sending them directly to the butcher. That was probably the most challenging thing that we experienced over the COVID. Um, just trying to get um, our animals to, to the butcher shop and, and be able to get those processed. And a lot of people all over the country dealt with this problem too. It was it was a little wild there for a while. It was. How can our community help our farmers and farmers markets moving forward? Well, the, one of the things it would be great if if we could have a certified USDA butcher shop. That would be great. 
um, if if our community could come together and have a, I don't know, say say a tri-county butcher shop that's ran by who, whoever, whoever wants to run. Um, and if we could process uh, more animals quicker, and that would give a chance for our type of product to go directly to the market. Um, now, as you know, in Jefferson County, Shepherdstown market, um, Charlestown has a farmer's market, and that's great. They're, they're, they're taking their vegetables, their honey, their um, everything that they sell there, they're taking them directly to market. Um, one of the biggest problems is that's only, it's, it's only um, I'll, I'll say seasonal. It would be great if we could have a some type of market or some type of building to, to that's that they can go to in the wintertime and they can set up their, and sell their product in the wintertime. Yeah, that would be an amazing thing to do. Those are really great ideas. Now, what is one thing that you want your community or your state to know about Jefferson County agriculture as a whole? Well, Jefferson County agriculture is is obviously near and dear to my heart. Um, being great raised on a farm here in Jefferson County, uh, it's, it certainly was probably one of the best childhoods that I could ever ask. And the, the keep farm, farmers um, profitable and so they can maintain and stay as a farm. We have to protect their land rights. And even if they, if they want to do something that's not more, is not a traditional type of a farm, we still have to, to respect their rights as a landowner and respect their, their wishes, how they want to be able to put food on their family's table. Um, with, with that being said, I mean, there's a lot of different avenues that, that people can go into agriculture. With, with my family, we're more or less into row cropping and cattle. There's a lot of specialties um, people can go into. So there's a lot of opportunities to go into agriculture, whether you're, you know, you're going to have greenhouses. If you, um, maybe you might want to do a type of specialty beef like Wagyu or some, something like that. You could certainly, you do not need to, to um, farm thousands of acres to, to make a living in, in the agricultural world. You can um, have a specialty and, and those specialties do work and you could take, then you can take your product directly to market and you can find a way to do that. Then that cuts out all the middle guys. One of the things that I always talk about is there's a, one of my favorite quotes is it's not just about cows, sows, and plows. You know, you have the ability to work in science and agriculture. You could become an agricultural lawyer. You could become a vet. There's so many different avenues when it comes to the agricultural industry that you can get involved in. So it just doesn't always mean that you have to be working on a farm if that's not what your heart chooses to push you towards. That's really cool. You're exactly right. Now, I'm a first-generation farmer. I grew up raising pigs to sell for market and then riding horses. Um, I worked with sheep and goats during my undergraduate degree and now poultry for my master's degree. So what advice would you give to those who want to start working in an agricultural field? I would, I would kind of go back to my last statement and the fact that you don't have to be a row cropper to be successful in an agricultural business. Um, you can simply... If, if you had, a, again, a specialty, a niche, something you could find, um, you, could, you could be a con, an agriculture consultant. Um, you, you, you do not have to necessarily get up 
have to get out of bed every morning at 4 a.m. to go milk cows and at 4 p.m. to show back up at the dairy farm. Um, there's so many different ways to, to make money in the agricultural world today. And you'll even see um, farmers, um, they, they raise, uh, like, again, their vegetables. They, they have high tunnels. All, all that type of stuff work, it works. They take the, their product right to market. Um, again, you can, you can be an ag agricultural um, attorney. You can be a farrier uh, working with, if you wanted to work with horses. Um, there's so many things and there's so many opportunities you can do because agriculture, agriculture is never going to go away. Um, our population continues to grow. Our world population continues to grow. And we're always going to need food and, and good quality food and safe food to feed the world. I 100% agree with that statement. That's something that I preach all the time. Now, taking from my favorite speech by Erwin Milton Tiffany, why do you believe in the future of agriculture? Well, you know what? I, I, I kind of led into that in my last statement. But again, it's, feed, it's being able to grow uh, the products and, and again, the population of the, of the world is growing and it's a, we, we as farmers and, and, and pe folks that are here in agriculture, we will always, there will always be a need for food. So if you can continue to grow food and whether it's, it doesn't matter what it is, if, if it's a vegetable farm, it's a beef, uh, beef or dairy farm, uh, sheep, hogs, whatever the case may be, you can do that and you can, there's always there, there's always um, a market to sell that, that type of product. Now, granted, some of the markets are very volatile to the commodities. However, if, if you can find a niche product to grow, to work with, um, again, I go back to some previous statements, whether you grow Wagyu beef or some type of a specialty. Uh, something I'm hearing about now, believe it or not, is ostrich. Really? Very popular. I'm, I'm hearing. Wow. Um, I have a friend of mine who bought some stock into an ostrich farm in Colorado. Uh, I'm going to, I want to study up on it. It sounds interesting to me. I don't know that if you drive past my, my farm, you'll see a bunch of ostriches out here anytime soon, but you never know. Uh, there's always, uh, and, and right now, um, so many people are very conscious of where their food comes from. They don't want their, their food sitting on a, uh, a barge, in, in the harbor that's coming from say China or wherever. Uh, they, they like to make sure that their food is, is made here in the USA and it's fresh. So that's very important for the farmers here and, and United States and, and our area that it's very important to know that it, people still want good quality food that's safe to eat for their families. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Those are actually all of the questions that I have for you today, Commissioner Salter. Thank you so much for taking the time to share your story with me and to all of my viewers. I really do appreciate your time. Thank you. Thank you. That's yes, all that we have today for Farmer Fridays. My name is Elizabeth Lynch, and always remember to get the farm. Thank you.